You are listening to your auntie's favorite DJ, DJ Treaty Tree. Welcome to What The Pod. My name is DJ Treacy Treats, and I've been a DJ for 10 years, but just recently got into the professional podcasting world, like most DJs who are sitting at home and not doing anything. So welcome to my first edition of my new show, and it's called What The Pod. Here's what I wanted to do. Um, as I go out in the streets and I'm DJing at my gigs, people constantly ask me what podcast should they listen to, right? And I'm just giving them random ideas because I listen to podcasts all around the world um, and all around the store. So what I wanted to do was create a show that they can just listen to every single week and it recommends a new podcast for them. And it's all over the board. We've got podcasts and people from all over the world, but I only met them for 15 minutes. I basically put an open call out on the internet and said, Hey, anybody that wants to be on my podcast, what the pot can be on here. If they showed up for the 15 minute onboarding call, they are live here with you today. That's basically how it runs. I had, I don't have any background information or anything like that on them that uh, you won't have on this podcast. And I really want it to be an organic kind of thing where it's just a free flowing conversation and let them feel how they want to feel. All right. Opening up women's international women's history month. I have on today with me, Trish Whetstone. Trish, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I feel so honored to be episode number one, your first guest. Episode number one. And I'm so excited. Thank you so much for like responding to my emails really quickly and just kind of rolling with the punches with me here. Yeah, absolutely. This is so much fun. I can't wait to listen to this and find other podcasts and I can't wait to chat with you today. Yes. Awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time. So open us up. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and then what your podcast is. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Trish Whetstone. I am the feel-good gut coach. So I am a holistic health specialist, stress expert, and intuitive eating advocate, really specializing in gut health. So all things poop and shit, that's me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Feel good in their gut, IBS, things like that. But really, I love holistic health and uh, look past food and nutrition. And I started a podcast recently with a friend from New York. I just made a move from New York to Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, of all places, right? I can't get out of the cold. I can't get out of this kind of North, Midwest, East Coast. Um, but my friend and I uh, started a podcast called Ice Cream You Scream, a health and wellness podcast. And basically, I am an advocate for health, wellness. I love that. I've been living it for years uh, based on my own struggles. I got into this field. And my friend Alex, he's kind of like the antithesis of me. He does not care about health. He does not care about wellness. He is an ice cream aficionado and I'm lactose intolerant. Oh so that's where ice cream using came into play. <laughs> we talk about health and wellness from both sides of the coin. People who are into it, I give the information. He gives the perspective of a normal guy. That is awesome. Such an awesome thing. And it's so great that you're talking about like holistic health and like happy gut health because yeah. I eat poorly. Let's just be real. I'm, all, I'm currently doing the 75 hard challenge where I'm trying to like stick to a regular diet of just eating at all. I'm one of those people yeah. that like don't eat. And then when I eat, it's like potato chips and like sure. not in bulk, but not the best choices. So if sure. I'm a, if I'm a person, do you give like advice on your your podcast as well of like things that you can do for healthy gut? 
Yeah, absolutely. We kind of like pick a topic each week. And so far we've had ones on like um, macronutrients, balancing macros, uh, dairy, what's up with dairy, what's up with gluten, um, what's up with gut health and microbiome that's coming out soon. So it's definitely like kind of here's the structure of our podcast. We go like, why is this important? Why are we even talking about it? Why, why, why is, why am I advocating for this to be important? Alex kind of, uh, you know, the thorn in my side, and then how people get it wrong and how you can get it right. So what are like the myths? What are the things to kind of look out for? And then how can you get this right with kind of just some curated tips on whatever that topic is? That man. And so what what kinds of topics do you normally get? Do people like give you problems that they're having or just general themes? Yeah. So our podcast is pretty new. And basically, it's my experience as a health coach working with my clients. The things that I have found are kind of the biggest things across the different clientele that I've worked with. Like, these are the things we want to address so far. But we're super excited to continue to expand. Um, we only have three episodes out so far, so we're kind of newbies, but we're excited to continue to expand and like get questions from our audience on like, what is it that you've always been curious about or that um, you've been interested in learning more about and just kind of want the perspective again. Um, and we'll chat about that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Quick, quick question with, uh, with gut health. And you said like, you know, the, 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 the basics of what people are just regularly needing. What's yeah. the number one thing that people are doing wrong in their diet right now? Mm, I love that. What I think the number one thing is, is too much restriction. Um, I think that there is definitely a time when we need to be intentional, maybe get rid of certain foods like sugar or triggers for the gut, like uh, dairy or gluten. But I think that we come to a point oftentimes when we're trying to heal the gut, where then we're just eating like chicken breast and spinach. And that is a no way to live. It's not fun. <laughs> not and like, so like, that's just not fun at all. I'm a big advocate for food. Like you, you were saying you eat anything. I'm a nutritionist and I had chips and ice cream like right before we were on at like oh, 9 p.m. Here. Yes. <laughs> I love that life. I want to be able to eat chips. Like exactly. I, just, I need those. It, not Absolutely. every day. I know I shouldn't every day, but if there's a healthy alternative, it's just that crunch. I'm a texture. Person. Oh my God. Starting to find out. Absolutely. Texture is huge. Like we need that satisfaction because food is nourishment, but it's so much more than that. Like it's pleasure. It's part of our life. Uh, we, we need to enjoy it. Um, and I could definitely give you some good chef recommendations. Um, but besides just not being fun, restriction actually isn't good for the gut. In order to feed our gut microbiome, which is basically like these good bugs that keep our immune system in line, our skin health, our energy, our weight, everything really, <laughs> our gut is connected to everything. It needs a variety of foods. So um, my biggest tip is to just look out for when you're getting too restricted and try and have as much variety as you can. Yeah, that and that's Man, I'm so glad you said that because sometimes I feel like I'm just randomly putting together a diet and I don't have a regular diet. And then I start to beat myself up about it. It's like, wow, I haven't had vegetables today or I haven't done this or done that. So um, what are some you said you spoke a little bit about intuitive eating for everybody that's yeah. listening and watching. What is intuitive eating? Intuitive eating. Ah, I love it. I like to think like I go by the feel good gut coach because I want people to feel good physically in their gut, but also feel good like deep down about the choices we're making that kind of gut intuitive feeling. So first of all, I think intuitive eating is listening to what your body needs. So actually, I just went on a cleanse last week because I'm like, I feel like I need a reset. It was plant-based. 
I'm actually a huge advocate for meat eating. And I was like, but you know what? I need to kind of get back to cleaning plant-based. About four days in, I just was not feeling it. I was frustrated. And physically, I wasn't feeling good either. So I had to listen to my body. And I had like beef tacos and I felt amazing. <laughs> and that's intuitive eating. Literally listening to what you're feeling. Um, recognizing when you need something. But then also recognizing like I I'm also... Um, guilty of this too, where it's like, oh, I'm intuitive eating. I'm going to eat chips and ice cream. But I just like, instead of having a, a healthy portion, I go past my comfort level mm -hmm. and overeat. That's like it, not honoring our intuition. We want it to be fun and feel good, but it's listening to kind of your levels of what works for you. I mean, kind of really just listening to your body, I think, and these, these sensations and feelings that you get when you eat. That... You're, you're giving me life right now because oh, what is, what is, how do you know that your body wants too much? You know, cause I'm mm. down with intuitively eating yeah. and I eat small, really small portions and I know my okay. body needs more than that. Right. Okay. So me, I'm just shutting my body down. I'll eat a couple bites and I'm like, I'm satisfied. I could puke right now. Like I, I eat for nourishment. I don't really eat for taste unless it's potato okay. chips or like soda. <laughs> so the two okay. things you shouldn't have, um, right. But other than that, it's like I'm I'm eating really healthy foods, but my portion size, I'm like, oh, where do I force it there or on the opposite mm. side for people who overeat? If they yeah. if their body is wanting more, how do you get back in balance? Yeah, I love that question. And I think what I like to use with my clients, how I like to describe this is like a hunger and fullness scale. So like literally picturing like a thermometer kind of filling up to the top and um, listening to when listening to the sensations, like it, it really, I guess, to simplify this, it's slowing down. I think a lot of times we eat way too quickly or we're too quick to kind of just say, I'm going to get a quick bite of food. I honestly think like slowing down, chewing your food, smelling your food, eating with your senses helps you feel and better digest that food and know when you're getting to a point of fullness. Because when we eat quickly, we tend to overeat. Um, and kind of get past that point when our body's going to tell it's us enough. Mm -hmm. um, or if we're too quick, we're just kind of in and out and out the door. We don't get those cues from our body like, I actually need more. Mm -hmm. So I would think the simplest tip there is really just slowing down and like trying to eat. It's going to sound silly, but like sensually <laughs> with your senses. Yeah. And there's OK. So it's funny that you say eat sensually because there's this new show on Netflix, Food Wars, Food Wars, I think it is. Oh, I haven't heard that. Okay, so go watch Food Wars and close your eyes. They're talking about food, but the sounds, it's like, it sounds like porn. It's the craziest <laughs> situation. And, but it, they're like, oh, the food tastes so good. And the way that they describe food, and I always like joke with my wife because she eats food like it's, she can taste every node and it's oh, the most orgasmic situation. And for me, I'm like, it was all right. Like, <laughs> Like I, I, I see what you mean with like slowing down and yeah. um, chewing your food. I tend to choke a lot when I'm eating. So that's probably a notion to let me know. I should yeah. slow down when I'm eating <laughs> and how I'll probably many, eat more. How many bites of food do you think the average person chews each um, bite of food? How many? Oh, okay. Food? So I saw this. I had this in a trivia question. I think it's like in the teens, but you're supposed to do like 20. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> average person is like five. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people it's like three, it's like, num, 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 swallow. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's me. I'm just such a quick eater, but it really between 20 and 30 bites is a great, that's like a good mindful eating practice because you're going to taste it more. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to be more of that sensual experience. And then like physiologically, you're helping your gut, you're helping your digestion because we have enzymes in our saliva that start to break down our food. So our digestive system starts in our mouth, actually. It's pretty amazing. Um, we just like to like bypass physiology <laughs> the way it works. Yeah. I just be like, I'm gonna eat real quick. So that's your key. Thing. I've never even thought about saliva and enzyme. Like I learned all of that in science, but I just eat like whatever. Sure. But yeah, I can I can totally see that. Okay, so you said uh, earlier that uh, you're an advocate for meat eating. Tell me more about yeah. that. Yeah. So you know what? It's not necessarily that I'm against veganism or plant based eating. I think everyone needs to eat more plants. That is absolutely no matter what your health goals, eat more plants. However, I think especially when it comes to gut health, um, clean whole meats are a form of protein that tend to be easier to digest for a lot of people than some vegan forms of protein. So I'm a big advocate for meat because sometimes people think like veganism is the trend, plant-based, but then they're eating like really, really processed soy isolate protein. And that's way worse for us. Um, there's a lot of like, like the, um, whatever burger, the ones that beyond burger, the beyond burger. Yeah. I eat those. That's, is that not good? Well, I'm here to tell you that like, honestly, eating beef would probably serve you better. Um, (laughs) with the Whopper, I'm paying extra to have a bad experience with the impossible burger. The, The truth is like, they're just so much more processed. People can make like, if you make your own whole food burgers at home with like fresh beans and legumes, that's totally fine. And some people do really well with like nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, but especially for gut health and just some people in general, those foods don't always mesh with us and we actually feel better with meat. Um, So sometimes it's like that can still be clean and simple. As long as you're not eating fried chicken, try for like an organic chicken breast. I'm a big advocate for that. Okay. Again, intuitive eating, listening to your body, listening to your symptoms um, like that your body gives you, but also not just kind of going with the trend like Beyond Burger. It's probably healthier. Ah, It's a little bit more processed than if you just did like a classic beef burger, especially. It's just like upgrading the quality of our meat buying organic grass fed, just a couple bucks more, so much better for you. And you don't have to worry as long as you do it in moderation. Um, really meat eating can be part of a healthy diet. Yeah. Yeah. And I crave, I've tried to do like more vegetarian kind of, and I'm good with it to be honest, but I like steak. I oh like yeah. Medium well steak or like medium. I tried it maybe medium rare, just mm-hmm. like juicy meat, you know, I, yes. I, I can't eat well done anything, but I will go, or even like salmon. I, I, I was thinking about the pescatarian way, but then I was thinking like, I can't have burgers and steak. I'm right. always going to eat meat. Like I just, I've come to terms with that, but you're right. Like with just doing it in moderation, because when mm-hmm. I eat two steaks in a row, I feel kind of, uh, then you start to feel kind of yeah. sluggish. And like, there's really this, like, nutrition when we like work with it it's really great for us like meat is so high in iron and b vitamins which we really need sometimes vegans are kind of low on those nutrients you can still get them but if you're not intentional about like trying a bunch of different nuts and seeds you'll be low in it but 
too much of anything isn't is too much so like when we have too much iron or too many b vitamins because we ate like five steaks in a row every single night then that's a bit much like switch it out with salmon switch it out with something else like once a week try a vegan or plant-based meal it's all about just kind of finding that balance and again that variety that's what i mean by variety just trying different foods rather than saying my default is chicken and broccoli every single day oh, mix uh, it up have a yeah. steak try salmon okay. you know so for us who can't cook and who aren't gifted like <laughs> me to have a lovely woman who lives here at my house every day and does it for me. Um, what what are you what are some good ways that we can do different variety kind of things? Mm, that's a really good question. So first of all, I think that there are some meal planning services that are out now that I like a huge advocate for, like HelloFresh, for example, where you can get it kind of like delivered right to your door. Um, even Misfits Market gives you produce with different kind of uh, fruits and veggies to try. So it's just something different each week. Um, but then I, I would also say just to kind of get more variety. I'm a big advocate also for frozen veggies and fruit. Um, they're they're picked at the peak of freshness. So they they have less like touch points with people than like fresh produce. Mm -hmm. So actually they're sometimes more nutritious and they're so much easier. So like trying all the different like little veggie stir fries that you could do or frozen fruits to put in your smoothies or shakes in the morning to give you a little bit more variety and not having to like cut up a fresh pineapple. <laughs> it saves you like time energy and actually in some ways again it's actually more nutritious for you. I'm sorry, it just it kind of buffered here for a minute, so oh. I kind of lost you there at the end. But if you could pick it, pick it back up where you were talking about, uh, you were talking about meal delivery services and just trying different oh, things. Gotcha. Okay, so meal delivery services. I think there's a lot of meal planning ones that are pretty good now. Um, I also think um, things like Misfits Market, which give you fresh fruits and vegetables. I may have mentioned that. And then the last thing I said is, don't be afraid of frozen fruits and veggies. Those are actually picked at the peak of freshness. Um, so they're more nutritious in some ways. They don't go as bad. You can get a ton of variety where you can just add fresh fruit to like a shake or a smoothie um, and, you know, steam some some different vegetables, uh, different varieties for dinner and lunch and things like that without a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And that those are good for me because I'm not capable of giving much work to be yeah. honest, you know, like this is the best that I have. So um, I've been trying a lot of ready-made things and then going mm. to like local markets where they've got some stuff already put together. And then it's like a crock yeah. pot, you know, kind of. Oh, thing. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Putting things in a crock pot. That's great. Oh yeah. Um, and earlier you were talking about diets, different fad diets. So give us the skinny. Okay. If I had to ask you which one of the fad diets are actually like, all right, this, you could live off of this because okay. most of them are unrealistic and like completely Absolutely. crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The ones that you can live off of, I think, um, whole 30 and paleo, uh, again, I'm in the realm of gut health and kind of like before I went into that niche, I help people kind of with weight loss. I think you can get a lot of variety with that because again, those advocate for meats, whole foods, veggies, they're good for you without too much restriction. Sometimes those do get rid of grains altogether, which like we might miss rice, but mm -hmm. you can kind of just add in a couple of those. And it's mostly just like getting rid of processed foods, um, general clean eating. Those are kind of my top ones that are our fad diets. Um, besides just, again, intuitive, clean eating, I'm not a huge, huge advocate for, again, like really, really strict veganism, but people can absolutely live plant-based or vegan for sure. So again, if that works for you, totally livable, especially because there's more 
options. And the last one I'll say, because again, this is near and dear to me, is a gluten-free total fad diet. Uh, just released an episode on our podcast, Ice Cream, Ice Cream, on what's up with gluten anyway. So you get the lowdown on like, what's culturally been kind of wrong about that. Um, it's not necessarily for weight loss. It's really, truly, if you have a gut issue, if you have an autoimmune condition, but gluten-free, even in the past five years, I've been gluten-free, the amount of products that are out there um, have just increased substantially, like good products, like really delicious cookies and ice creams and crackers that aren't just total crap. So there's a lot coming out that are supportive for those diets that are so much better than they used to be. And Trish, help me because I'm not completely educated on what's gluten and what mm. the sensitivity is. Um, just because yeah. I don't have a lot of people in my life who experience that, and sure. I personally don't. So, can you tell us what gluten is and um, yep. how the diet helps? Yeah, so gluten's a protein found in a couple of grains, things like wheat and barley, and it's it's the protein that gives it its fluffiness. So why like cakes and breads have that fluffy texture? That's gluten. <laughs> so it's really important for baking, and it also has been added to a lot of processed foods for that like caking agent reason. Um, so it's in breads and pastas and things like that. There are gluten-free grains like rice, for example. Corn, corn is a grain, not a vegetable. Whoa, um, blew my mind there. Major, I know. Gym. I'm gonna mark this in the episode because go to it. Yeah, when did absolutely. That happen? Yeah, I mean, they didn't teach us that in school. I remember no. the food pyramid in my head. I don't think corn was on grain. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so here's the deal with gluten. Um, people can have celiac disease. Celiac disease affects about 1% of the population. It's really serious. It's an autoimmune con condition where basically the immune system attacks gluten like a foreign invader, like if we had a virus in our system and says, this is wrong, this is bad, breaks away at the intestinal lining, can cause cancer down the road. Unfortunately, people with celiacs have to completely avoid gluten. But again, Hope is there's a lot of gluten-free products um, and all fruits, vegetables, meats, nuts, seeds are gluten-free. So there's more than we think. Gluten is just so present in pastas and breads and we eat more of that than we used to. <laughs> so it seems like it's comfort food. Yeah. And like culturally, we've just like leaned on that for breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the theories why the, the other kind of thing with gluten pops up, which is either gluten sensitivity or gluten intolerance. They're basically the same thing. Two names for a condition where basically gluten causes inflammation in the gut. It just isn't really digested properly. It's not as serious as celiacs. It's kind of like a spectrum. Some people can be really gluten sensitive. Unfortunately, I'm like really sensitive to gluten. And then some people just need to lessen it and just have less of it over time. More clean versions, like a whole wheat bread versus like white wonder bread. You know, oh, white bread is delicious though. I mean, <laughs> it's delicious, especially with, you know, what my favorite food is, is grilled cheese. And I'm lactose intolerant and gluten intolerant. Oh my so when gosh. I can get like the best gluten-free bread and like cheese, um, I'll take a lactate enzyme. Though that's like the best comfort food. Um, but so like some symptoms of gluten sensitivity are obviously digestive, like gas, bloating, things like that. Um, uh, skin issues like psoriasis, acne, and then energy and mental issues. So things like brain fog, fatigue, um, just like anxiety have all been linked to gluten intolerances. And basically my spiel on that is if that's affecting you, that's no way to live. You, you deserve to feel better. So it doesn't matter if you don't have celiac disease, if you want to go on a strict gluten-free diet, cause you just feel better. 
do that because that's worth it for you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, you just like educated me on the whole gluten. I didn't, I don't, I see it pop up on menus and stuff like that, but you, you don't keep up with it, you know, especially if it doesn't affect you. So, I mean, that's really crazy. Um, And give us a refresher on what lactose intolerance is and how, how you can suffer from that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So lactose intolerance, that's probably the most common of all the gut stuff. But one in four people are lactose intolerant. Um, Just a lot of people. And basically, lactose is a sugar found in dairy products, cheese, ice creams, milk. And um, what happens is we don't have the enzyme or people who are lactose intolerant don't, don't produce enough of this enzyme to break it down. So basically it goes through your digestive tract undigested or not fully digested, causing like pain, cramping, gas, bloating, things like that. Um, so lactose intolerance is less common than like an allergy to milk where you break out in hives or something. And you can take lactase enzymes, which like you can just supplement with that there's no health um what do i want to say there's nothing wrong it's not going to hurt you by any means and it just helps you digest it uh so some people with lactose intolerant can really handle that um my only other thing about dairy though is it's huge on skin it causes a lot of acne and things like that uh so if skin's your issue with dairy that's not going to help the lactase enzyme it more just prevents the bloat so that you don't have like the stomach issues yeah yeah and Let's let's go into some stomach issues as well. Like, yeah. um, personally, me, like I don't eat a I don't eat a whole bunch, and then most of the time when I do eat, it's like at two o'clock in the morning when I'm sitting at my desk working on computer things or music or something. So mm. like, I just have a really unhappy gut mm. in the morning. Like, yeah. and then mm. and then I add on top of it. As soon as I wake up, I'm usually consuming some kind of caffeine. So now mm. I'm not eating breakfast. The food that I ate last night was trash. And yeah. I'm drinking a double shot espresso mocha latte chocolate uh, with whipped cream. So how do I like reset my gut and get it back in the to sink? Yeah, I would say probably like the biggest thing that you can do for yourself in particular. This is going to help everybody, though, too, is having more consistent meal timing. I know that's not what you wanted to hear. This is exactly what the doctor is telling me. Yeah, I I know it because I'm the same way. Like I'm a late night eater. It's so easier and sometimes like more pleasurable to just grab food whenever. Um, But regardless of what you're eating, it's it's so much better. It serves you so much better to eat at designated times. And in the very least, like the best thing to start with would just be eating uh, no later than two hours before bed. So if you're eating at two in the morning, fine, but like try and give yourself a break because what happens when we go to sleep is our, di- our digestive system shuts down. Our, our body's working on healing everything else <laughs> and really getting rest. So basically what happens when we eat super late at night is it's like left like a brick in our stomach, not digested. So we wake up not feeling great. Yo, so that's disgusting. It is kind of disgusting, right? Like, like it's kind of disgusting and you're like, oh my gosh, that makes sense, right? Oh yeah, and that's exactly how I feel in the morning. It feels like yeah. something's been sitting in my stomach for seven hours and without yeah. digesting. Yeah, absolutely. So like the best thing is like a couple hours before bed. And even if you just slowly each day, like incrementally, like, okay, half hour before bed, I'm going to try it out to an hour, hour and a half. And the more you can do, the better. Um, not like a huge fast, but like 
sleeping really is our time to fast and that's healthy in a way. And if like you need something, go for like an herbal tea or just lemon water. Like if you need something um, at night, that's what I would recommend. Um, I think that's going to be like hugely beneficial to you. Yeah. I, I, I do think that I think eating regularly just will get my yeah. digestive system going because absolutely I have I have low blood sugar so I'm hypoglycemic too to add on top of like all of Girl, you need to be eating consistently <laughs> the doctor's like what so you just don't I just really I how do you get back in touch with that I'm hungry feeling because yeah. I don't feel it because I'm always going I'm, yeah. you know I've got good stress because I'm DJing yeah. I, I can't eat when I'm performing you know that kind of thing so mm. what do I do you know what? I think you made a really good point that like you're almost on this like really good like uh, stress high all day. Like it's giving you that adrenaline rush. So you're not like super in touch with your hunger cues. So that's like kind of what's happening. And really the best thing you can do, it's going to feel weird at for first, but just forcing yourself to eat at certain times and then your body gets used to it. Your body kind of like, you know, we have circadian rhythms when we sleep. Mm -hmm. um, we have the same thing with our meal timing. And when we get used to it, like if you're not used to having breakfast, people say this all the time, like, I'm just not a breakfast person. It's like, because you don't eat breakfast. Once you start to eat breakfast, your body's going to start to crave it. Usually it's like a week or two, you're going to have to get over the hump, have a little bit of grit to kind of do it for a little bit of time, but then your body is going to adjust. And I think naturally start to crave it. Um, and it is going to help your blood sugar issues too. Yeah. Yeah. The, they've been preaching it to me and I just, I did the timing for a while and you're right. It is absolutely strange, but I was working out a lot more and like, mm -hmm. I, I just pass out like after a workout just because I had no mm -hmm. fuel, Zit, literally right. no fuel. or I would sleep at night and then my blood sugar would get really low. Like you said, and then I would like have like really weird sweat. Like it was strange, mm -hmm. but yeah. I got it together. I got it together yeah, and I'm eating more frequently and I'm not just like, Oh, my blood sugar is all. Let me drink a Coke. Like, okay. Right. Let's, right, be, exactly. let's be sensible. So, right. um, I, I'll definitely try that. I've got a question. You said you were about poop talking about poop. <laughs> okay so my wife and i battle over over the bathroom in the morning for morning poop because it's like whoever opens their eyes first has got to poop how yep. regular is that and what should my morning poop be oh like first of all i totally i'm so glad you asked this i like talking about this it is totally normal it's actually super healthy to have bowel movement right in the morning that's great um uh, especially like some of the things that can stimulate that, though, are caffeine, like caffeine and alcohol is totally a stimulant. So if you're drinking a lot at night or you had caffeine throughout the day in the morning, that's going to make you go. Um, so it's normal because of that. But really, healthily, we should go um, usually in the morning or at least the same time every day. Like maybe you're not morning, but like you're like a midday poober, <laughs> whatever. Like it's actually pretty consistent. Again, our body will get in a schedule. Um, but if we have stimulants, it's going to make us go more. Uh, one to three times a day is actually totally normal. That Whoa. was a, one to three. One to three times a day. And you know what that means, though, is like not going is not normal. Some people will be like, my doctor says, like, you know, just going once every three days is normal. It is not. I'm so sorry. It is not. We need to we need to flush our body natural. Everybody poops. And how <laughs> much water are you drinking? Like, I drink a gallon of water a day. Like, you're going to yeah. poop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of times it is like, it's so interesting. A couple of things you brought up. This is a side tangent, but I have to say it. Take me there. 
Okay. I have two non-negotiables that like, regardless of what you're doing for your health, what regardless of your health goal, like these are things you need to focus on. They seem small, but they're super huge. And it's water intake and sleep. Like they're so powerful. It seems like, oh, drink more water, get more sleep. And we struggle, all, all of us, a lot of us struggle with it, but they're so powerful, especially for bowel movements. Sleep are that reset. It helps with our hunger and fullness hormones, actually. Um, our ghrelin is our hunger hormone, which is released and regulated during sleep. So that could be something that's happening for you as well. And then like, really, like if you struggle to not go or you struggle to go to the bathroom or have a bowel movement regularly, water is just so huge. Cannot be, cannot be underestimated. The power of drinking a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. And now let's talk now. We always talk about poops. Um, my wife and I, so she sends me and it sounds so weird. So y'all that are out there listening, we talk about poop frequently, but my wife is so comfortable pooping and talks about poop so much that I'm like, oh my God. So she used to send me pictures of her poop, but I made her stop that because I got too <laughs> but what does a healthy poop look like? Yeah, that's really good. C so, curved or S or you know what? The curvature doesn't matter. <laughs> curvature does okay. Now she told me that I'm not making it. I don't want you to think I'm weird. No, curvature totally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's like a straight little lump. For the most part, like brown, right? Like occasionally foods we eat will change the color, but really pale color, uh red, of course, like is an indication of blood, and really pale is an indication of like mucus. Those are indications that something might be up like deep down in the gut. Um, every now and again, your poop can be green just because you ate like a lot of greens or something or purple if you eat beets. Um, but for the most part, it should look like that. And it's this is so gross. You can Google the Bristol stool chart, by the way. Mm -hmm. They made this chart to show you what poop should look like. <laughs> Basically, it should be like sausagey. If it's smooth, if it's a little lumpy, great. Small pellets are an indication that you're constipated. I think a lot of times we think constipate is just not going, but like if it's little pellets, that actually means you're constipated. You need more water. You need more fiber, maybe more movement. And of course, if it's too, um, it's so gross. If it's too watery, no, no, give it to me. We got or talk even about just this. like um, fluffy looking, and then that means that you're erring on the side of diarrhea. Again, it doesn't have to be like coming out <laughs> like crazy for diarrhea. Like too loose um, is an indication of diarrhea. So you want it to be somewhere in the middle. Again, Bristol stool chart will paint the picture for you. We'll paint the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I use I have a lot of caffeine, so that's another thing. If you're doing caffeine, you're gonna have loose poop. It's gonna look like it is. It is because it's diuretic. It makes you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I have to like back up sometimes. Like, sure, I, I take it far. I mean, sometimes I pee, and I'm like, does this cap? I have to drink water. Like, you have to. If yep. you go too far, you know. Usually, like you said, listening to your body and doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna ask a weird question. Sure. But it happened to me a couple times. Have you ever pooped and then know that you pooped something out, and then you look in the toilet and there's nothing there? <laughs> oh my gosh! Absolutely. Where's what is the? Where's the ghost poop going? I think the ghost poop, it, this is like, I can't really, I can't really like explain the anatomy of a toilet, but usually that probably means it was like a small pellet. Maybe you're airing on the side of constipation <laughs> and it like slipped in the drain, like before you could even see it it's total. Nice. And sometimes though, like, here's the thing about constipation is it's typically harder stools. And so it might feel like a lot. This is gross. We're getting graphic here. No, that's good. <laughs> 
feel like a lot. And then maybe it was like literally a tiny pellet and it just slipped right kind of like underneath the part of the drain you can't see. Yeah, and that, that's, that's probably what, because I'll be like, man, I know there's something in there. And I'll like look and I'm like, what the hell is totally. so you're right. I, I might be constipated. It hasn't happened yep. recently, but it's happened before. Okay. And I had to ask an expert it happened about to me too. Food. It happens to probably all of us. Yes. Okay. So going back to the gut and getting out of the sure. Um, I enjoy spicy food. And yeah. when I was a kid, my mom's like, you're going to get an ulcer. But everything I eat now, we either put red pepper, cayenne pepper, ground black pepper. I eat pepper constantly. Gotcha. How bad am I doing my body? Um, Not necessarily. Spicy foods aren't inherently bad for you or inherently bad for the gut. However, a lot of people do who do have like irritable bowel will be sensitive to it. It Spicy foods kind of can act like stimulants in a way. Um, not like caffeine where it literally forces you to go, but like it kind of can stimulate the gut lining. And that's why for some people it can then kind of cause heartburn, acid reflux, or just kind of an upset stomach. But truthfully, it's really not bad for you, especially if you're using like, this is actually, I love this. When people are like going on like a whole 30 year paleo diet, like red hot sauce or just like plain hot sauce is not bad for you. It's red pepper, vinegar garlic. Like it's not bad for you inherently. Just again, it's listening to your body. If you're finding that it's causing you discomfort, if you are dehydrated, if it is causing like sweats, that's like your body saying like, you don't like spicy food. Don't do it. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> stop that. But really truthfully, spicy foods isn't inherently bad for you. That is good to hear because I don't want to stop. And I'm like, man, I should, I always kind of feel bad. And there's like, Oh, well I get an ulcer and I don't really understand what, not understand what it is. I understand what an ulcer is, but yeah, I would, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not so keen on the research here, but I don't think a lot of ulcers are caused by like too much spicy foods. Like really a lot of ulcers are caused by stress, something else functionally going wrong, or like just a mix of other processed foods. I'm going to be honest, flaming hot Cheetos are so processed. Those are going to be great for you. But if you're cooking with like fresh pepper, things like that, hot sauce, probably totally fine. Again, listen to your body. If you're feeling that happening, then maybe it's just too much. And it's just a matter of dialing back. Yeah, you just dropped one of my favorite snacks, Flaming Hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I can't in good conscience say that those are healthy, but in moderation, you know. Oh my God, have you ever put nacho cheese on the top of them? So it's, it's really funny you're saying this. I can't do spicy. I'm a total baby. And here is my excuse is I read one time that people who don't like spicy have more taste buds. <laughs> so we taste it more intensely. Like I like the flavor of things, but I can't eat a ton. Not even for my gut issues. Like I feel fine with a little bit of hot sauce. It's more like I'm a baby because it burns my mouth. And oh, I don't gotcha. personally like that sensation. Yeah. Some people love it. I'm just like a baby with it. Yeah, well, I eat so many salt and vinegar chips that I probably don't have. You like burn off your taste buds. <laughs> totally true. And it's like we talk about our palates, but I like uh, salty, savory. I'm not that's a huge sweet person. I don't like. I like sweets, but I'm well, not. That's like, funny. I'm the biggest sweet tooth around. I'm that's the biggest why. sweet tooth around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have the opposite palates there. We yep. we have the opposite palates. That is so okay. Yeah. So finishing this this up, what are some things that people need to know and why should they come to your podcast to, mm -hmm. to learn those things? 
Mm, I love that. So I think people need to know that you have the choice and you absolutely have the ability to make healthy choices for yourself, whatever that means. For me, it is kind of living this holistic lifestyle, listening to my body. For Alex, it means indulging in ice cream because that brings him joy. <laughs> and, and we're a huge advocate for just like judgment-free zone and having these good conversations and just kind of learning from each other. So if that's a space that you want to be in, that's, you know, the place to join our podcast. Um, you'll be a perfect guest. We, we, we'd, we'd love to have you have a listen. And um, I think the other thing I'll say is just, again, like if you're looking for tips on how to listen to your body, we talk about that a lot. We definitely do. Some of the things we chatted about today, if you like this, <laughs> yeah, listen to Ice Cream, Ice Cream because it's very similar the way Alex and I co-host. Awesome. Awesome. And Trish, one last time, where can they find you on Instagram for the people who are listening and aren't watching us or can't look down at the yeah. description? Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram at feel good gut girl. Uh, same on clubhouse. I just joined yes. health coaching by Trish is my business. You can go to my website, healthcoachingbytrish.com. Say that's my uh, handle on Facebook as well for my page. And then our, uh, podcast is on apple stitcher most of the podcast apps that you're gonna you're gonna find spotify all the good ones we're on there awesome awesome well thank you so much trish for spending some time with me and being my first guest here on what the pod thank you so much and i wish you all the best on your podcast and i probably can come on there and talk about some of my bad gut things because i got some Ooh, bad gut. yes absolutely thank you so much all right all right, guys, this has been What The Pod, and my name is DJ Treacy Treese. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want more of this, make sure uh, that you hit like, subscribe, whatever platform that you're looking at this on. And if you want a backstage access uh, ticket to it, you can follow me on Patreon. It's just $5 a month, you know, same thing. I've also got some music packages on there uh, for my DJ life. But thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time on What The Pod.